This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid. I'm Donna Chavis, and today on Messianic Vision, our featured guest is Ryan Lestrange. Ryan is a modern-day revivalist and author of the brand-new book, Overcoming Spiritual Attack, which reveals symptoms of spiritual attack, and better yet, strategies for freedom. Ryan, how are you? I am wonderful, and I am so excited to be sharing with your listeners. You know, I think this is a key subject that so many people are facing attacks right now, and they don't even recognize it, but they're going to on this broadcast. I agree with that. Um, I want to do a little background with you. I know a lot of people will know who you are and maybe have followed your ministry over the years, but for those that don't, I want to just start a little bit uh, uh, further back when you first got started. I understand that your spiritual father was Norval Hayes. Yes, uh, I had a remarkable journey with him. I was radically saved and uh, God sent me to Norval Hayes' Bible College. I went there thinking I would be there for a year. Um, you know, it's interesting. We oftentimes think things are going to go a certain way, and they go a completely uh, different direction, but God knows what he's doing. Yes. And I went there and ended up uh, really becoming a spiritual son of his, uh, developed a very close relationship with him, with his family, and just received a real life-changing deposit uh, from him. Amen. Well, you know what? Before that, um, I know we're going to be talking a lot today about the spiritual realm. And you had a pretty rough start. I mean, even as a, as a toddler, as a young person, you were already experiencing the spiritual realm. Tell me a little bit about that growing up. Yeah, you know, I don't know that I really recognized how much I was experiencing the spiritual realm until I began to learn about it. But, uh, but I believe that in your life, there's always a destiny, and God has a destiny that's planned before we ever come into this earth. But at the same time, the enemy has a demonic strategy that he's planning and plotting. And so in my life, uh, I had a prophetic uh, side of my calling. I had a prophetic spirit on my life, which simply means that I was called to see things in the spirit realm. And I was seeing things in the spirit realm as a small child. There were many, many supernatural things that happened. But unfortunately, because I was not raised at that time in the things of God, I was not covered by prayer from people. I wasn't, my, my family wasn't saved. Uh, I was more open to the demonic realm. And one of the things that happened to me as a toddler that um, I write about a little bit is that I was locked into a closet. I had a relative who was later diagnosed uh, mentally ill. And really what it was is it was really he was demonized. Um, and out of that demonization, he locked me in a closet and told me ghost stories. And that event triggered an encounter with the spirit of fear that I would wrestle with for many, many years of my life until I learned to get free from it. You know what, Ryan? I would like to just just stop right here because when you say spirit of fear, um, we don't normally pray for our listeners this early, but you know what? We don't really have any rules right here. So I just feel like uh, since you experienced that and, and understand uh, what it's like to be free from that, would you pray right now just as we're getting started on this, um, on this uh, program today? 
Absolutely. Father, I just thank you right now for the deliverance of God over people's lives. You said in your word, you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. And I break the spirit of fear. Somebody, I see a lady that you're struggling with social phobias and fear has crippled you and kept you in captivity in your own home. You struggle to go to the grocery store. You struggle to go to the supermarket. And for you, the lady I'm seeing, this began as a trauma. You had a trauma and you withdrew during that trauma and you have not recovered. But I hear the Lord say that deliverance has come to you today. I break the spirit of fear off of you in the name of Jesus. There is another person that you were in a car accident. And you have a tremendous fear now of accidents. And I break that spirit of fear off of you in the name of Jesus. I break fear of failure. I break night terrors off of somebody in the name of Jesus. I break the fear of travel off of somebody in the name of Jesus. And I break the fear of man in the name of Jesus. Father, I release right now the anointing to set every captive free. I say to the powers of hell... You have afflicted the people of God long enough. I forbid your operation, and I release now freedom. I say to the listeners, be free in Jesus' name now. Wow, wow. I certainly I certainly feel that that was uh, powerful and certainly helped a lot of people there, Ryan. Thank you. Uh, well, moving on from there, I know that was as a, as a toddler, as a child growing up, but even on into uh, your elementary school, your junior high, you still experienced things with the spiritual realm on the, the darker side. I did. You know, it was one of the, the things in the void, in a void created by a lack of knowledge and a lack of encounter people go searching. And this is why I love this ministry. It's supernatural. You know, one of the real lies that's being propagated right now is people are saying, you've got to water everything down. You've got to water the gospel down. You've got to make the gospel friendly to the person who doesn't understand the supernatural. And it's a lie from hell. The reality is we are born into the supernatural. We are created for the supernatural. I want you to think about this. The Bible is not a book of intellectual arguments. The Bible is not a book of theology. There is theology in the Bible. There are intellectual arguments, but the Bible is a chronicle of the supernatural. God delivers Moses with the supernatural. He sends Moses with the supernatural. He raises up Elijah supernaturally. He then raises up Elisha with a double portion supernaturally. I am tired of the lie that's been propagated in this generation that we need to water it down and dumb it down. You know what I believe? I believe that the world is hungry for the supernatural. And too many times we have supernatural experiences and encounters And people get upset. You know, I've had this experience where God's moved in a service. I was in a tremendous revival meeting last night in the state of Kentucky, and I told them, look, in the New Testament, when the supernatural unfolded, there was a reaction. When the upper room happened and fire was poured out, guess what? The mockers came, but they came. And even in their mocking, the glory of God began to touch some of them, and they got saved. And this is the issue. The supernatural always creates a reaction. And so we should not preach and live and believe that we are just called to pacify the humanistic understanding of people because we are not. We are called to live in the realm of angels and the realm of heaven. We are called to unfold the scrolls of revelation. We are called to bring forth the glory of God. And people will get upset. In the meeting I was in last night, some people didn't understand. But you know what? I had encounters 
where people prayed for me and I didn't understand it. And I, my mind said, I don't like this, but my spirit said, go back again. And so in my life, I had a lack of the supernatural in the realm of God. And this is my concern in, in a broader sense, is that in the church age that we're in now, presently, many, many churches have backed away from the supernatural. If you have a demon power buffeting you, you can't find anywhere to go and get help. You know, I had a young man last night in the meeting. I was ready to leave, and he came up for prayer, totally afflicted by the power of the devil. And we began to pray for him, and he began to shake and tremble, and we saw things being broken off of him. It was effort. It was work. It was time. But it was worth it to see this young man encountering the love of God and breaking off torment. But this is what we need in this hour, I believe, is the supernatural. And so when there is a void of supernatural experience, when the gospel is not being manifest in people's lives, they go looking. And so in my life, I was called with this prophetic mantle, but nobody was developing it. I didn't have any teaching. I didn't have any training. Nobody talked to me about praying. Nobody talked to me about angels. Nobody talked to me about these things. So I began to be drawn to the dark side. And this is what's happening in this generation. Many of the younger people are being drawn to the dark side because they go to the one-hour meeting, the one-hour service, and it's dumbed down. It's like a bad Hollywood production. You know, there's lights and there's video and there's a story and there's three points and there's a choreographed song, but there's no supernatural. And even people that say it offends them really they're drawn to the supernatural and so i was drawn to the dark side of it i fell into uh, the lie of self-hypnosis the devil sent a junior high teacher to talk to me about that in grade school in elementary school a friend of mine started to talk to me about zodiac witchcraft the supernatural was all around me but it was manifesting in the wrong way and why was that it was because I had no discipleship. I had nobody that was teaching me and training me about the supernatural of God. And I am so thankful that when I got saved, I wasn't born again in one of these cold, dry, dead religious atmospheres, but I was born again in the glory of God. And that's the thing in the book of Acts. They were born in the fire. So they kept the fire. They were sent from the fire. They were mantled with the fire. And I believe that's part of what God wants to do in this generation. But a generation that is searching for the supernatural will turn to the dark side if they can't find it in the gospel. Ryan, I hear, and I know everybody listening hears, the passion and the power in your voice. And I know if, if they knew where you came from and if any of them are experiencing the same, then they will know why you are so passionate about freedom and about the the wonderful positive side of the supernatural um you, you talked about zodiac games witchcraft uh self-hypnosis i know you got into um actually shoplifting and one night you were out in a car that you didn't even have a driver's license to be driving and you got arrested you got arrested they sent you to a juvenile hall and you spent the weekend there what happened while you were there <laughs> it was the turning point. It, I'm laughing because I, I've very seldom ever talked about this, but when we were talking about these stories, I thought I've got to share this because, you know, frankly, so many people feel hopeless, and that's part of a spiritual attack, and that's why I'm passionate about this teaching because you don't have to live hopeless. But what happened to me is I had sunk down into a pit of depression. The, the involvement with the self-hypnosis, the involvement with the dabbling in the witchcraft, the other things. And many people have lived much more extremely than I did at that time. But I was surrounded by darkness. 
and darkness had overtaken me. And I got to the place uh, in as a freshman in high school, going between junior high and high school, that I didn't want to live anymore. I think if I had had the guts to do it, I would have just ended it all. But something in me wouldn't let me do that. And so in the middle of this, of seeking for something, I was seeking for approval. I began to hang out with people that were shoplifting. I got caught, uh, was very stupid in the process, and ended up, as you said, a weekend in detention in juvenile hall. And I'm there, and uh, before this had happened to me, I had had an encounter with the Lord in the seventh grade where an uncle who was radically delivered from addiction took me to service, and I prayed the sinner's prayer, and Jesus transformed me. But the issue was uh, he lived a couple hours from where we lived, and I went back to my normal surroundings. And I didn't know the terminology of a full gospel church, charismatic church, you know, any uh, revival church. I didn't know that, okay? I had none, no grid for that. So I sunk back down into the pit of where I came from. And now I'm in juvenile hall, and God sends a preacher that weekend. And you know, the reality was that dark moment was the turning point for me. It was the greatest thing that could have happened, although at the moment I would have told you it was the worst thing. And so he preached the gospel, and it rekindled that experience I had a few years earlier in the seventh grade. And I'm there all alone, and I pray this prayer. God, if you will deliver me from this situation, I'll serve you and surrender to you. And that was a typical prayer of desperation in a difficult situation. But you know what? It was the turning point of my whole life. And many, many times now, 20-something years more than that later, I've had moments where I'm in some other country and it's hard and I'm fighting and wrestling for the breakthrough. And I say, God, why am I doing this? And God will remind me of that moment and said, you gave it all to me. And the reality is I would do it all again because it turned my whole life around. Wow. Let me uh, fast forward a little bit. Um, you you struggled with this spirit of fear your whole life since you were a toddler. But in, after receiving um, the Lord into your heart and surrendering totally to him, you actually in college were delivered from the spirit of fear. And that's what I hear in your voice when you minister that. So praise God for that. But fast forwarding to today, you are now operating uh, all over the world in words of knowledge and gifts of healing, prophecy, miracles, so many things. And uh, we've got a few minutes before before we have to take our first break. And I wanted to just share with everybody listening a, a couple of the things that you're seeing. You, you told me a story about um, being in Belize and, uh, and God told you not to preach, but to tell the story of the first miracle that you'd ever seen. What happened? Yeah, it was really tremendous. This I was just talking about this last night in the meeting I was preaching, and this was one of the big wow moments in my walk with the Lord. So I had had uh, a time of seeking God for the miraculous, and I believe that in breaking spiritual attacks and in pushing back the darkness, there's a release of the miraculous, whether it's a financial miracle, a lost loved one getting saved. As you are broken loose of the spiritual attack, you're broken into the miracle realm of God. So I was pursuing the miracle realm of God, and I ended up seeing the first great miracle I saw was a blind lady being healed in the United States and in the, in the rural mountains of Virginia. So I'm now in Belize, Central America, and I'm preaching one night. We're having a healing crusade. And the Lord says to me these words. He said, do not preach the message you planned tonight, but tell the story of the first great miracle you saw, which I knew was the blind woman. And I'm saying to the Lord, 
this makes no sense. You know, it's a meeting. I, I, I've got this message. I'm going to preach something. I, you know, this makes no sense. Of course, most of my life hasn't made sense. So I understand to get a breakthrough, you have to do things that don't make sense. And so I stand up and I begin to tell this story. And I just begin to, re- to tell the whole story from beginning to end. But I get in the middle of this story, and I'm telling, I was preaching in the mountains of Virginia, and the Lord extended the meeting, and God brought this blind woman. I'm telling this story, and out of my spirit comes these words, and tonight I will heal the blind. And I, my mind almost jumps back like, you will? You know what I mean? When the Lord speaks through you, it shocks you sometimes. And so I say these words, and my eyes fall on this young lady that's got an empty eye socket and a white eyeball. And the Lord says to me, she will see tonight. Now, I am thinking to myself, I am getting ready to watch heaven create a new eyeball in this socket and paint a pupil. I'm thinking of stories I've heard through the years of these types of miracles. So we call the blind forward. She comes, as do many others. By the way, the, they, they were uh, the majority of them were healed that night. I can't, I don't want to exaggerate, and I don't remember if they all were, but I remember it was the vast majority of them were healed. But we get to this young lady, and I'm praying for her, and I'm watching. I'm thinking God's going to do something here because He said He was, and I was partnering with the Word of the Lord. And nothing happens that I can see, but she begins to weep, and she begins to say, "I can see." I say, "You can see, but you have a white eyeball." She says, "I'm seeing you." I start running around the building, not in straight lines, but in circular, weird, wild, wacky motions. She chases me. I tell her, chase me. She chases me. I don't remember when it happened, but at some point we decide to to block the white eyeball, and she opens the empty socket. And I want to tell you, as God is my witness, she was seen out of the empty socket. Her whole family comes to the front. Now, what happened was she got sick as an infant in, in the crib. And it destroyed her eyes. She had never seen, in all of her memory, she had never seen. And for the first time that night, she saw her mother and wept like a baby, as did her family. God performed a tremendous miracle. Now, people will ask me, why didn't God just put the new eyeballs? I don't know. That would have been my theological (laughs) thought, is that she should have had the new eyeballs. That's how we would have done it, right? (laughs) That's how we would have done it. But, you know, that that's what happened. She was healed. She got the miracle, and I don't think she complained a bit about how it came. You talk in your book about the reality of the spiritual realm. There is no doubt that people need to understand first and foremost before they even face, whether it's the dark side or the, the supernatural that God wants to do in our lives, the miracles, the healings, the signs, the wonders. People have to realize the reality of the spiritual realm but people have to know that that it's real yeah i think it's a real key because this is the issue i don't remember who said it it's not something that i originated but it was one of the great generals from previous eras but they basically said the spirit realm is all around us that if your spiritual eyes were open you would see both demons and angels trafficking in the heavenlies above our head, you know, in the, in, in, in the cloud realm above our head, not in heaven itself. And um, this is the reality, and what happens with the spiritual attack, and this is really why I wrote this book and why I'm passionate about this subject, because it's like sometimes you're standing in front of an invisible wall, and you don't see the wall. And something inside of you is calling you out of where you're at. But every time you start to press, bam, you hit that wall. And you get so frustrated. And many, many people just feel like, well, I'm having a bad day. 
This is just a difficult season. I'm just depressed about something. And, and while there is a reality to there is life, you know, sometimes we have something difficult happen. Sometimes we have a struggle. There, there's a reality to that. The greater reality is that we're spiritual beings. We are called to live and move and dwell in the spirit. We're only temporary citizens of planet Earth. And so there is a reality of the spirit realm, and you can be under an attack and be experiencing uh, all types of symptoms that I write about in this book. We actually break it down into like eight distinct symptoms that I know we'll talk about a little bit more in this interview. But you can be in that place that there's actually a demon messenger opposing you and creating havoc, and you can't see it. And if you don't learn to recognize it, you don't break beyond that wall. So I think it's one of the real critical things. And the other part of it, on the other positive side, is that when you begin to recognize and cooperate with, with the heavenly realm, all kinds of miracles happen in your life. And this is one of the things when we study the life of Paul, he said, I thank my God. I speak in tongues more than you all. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. I believe it's because he lived so much in the revelation realm. He lived more in the revelation realm than in the natural realm. So he knew the moment. He knew what God was saying. He knew what he needed to do, and that empowered him to win. Having spiritual insight empowers you to win. Ryan, right before we go to break, I want to, uh, you to answer one question for me. Sure. Just um, We've been talking about a spiritual attack. I know you've said a lot of things. In one sentence, if you had to sum it up, what is a spiritual attack? You know, in one sentence, I would say it's a series of events that is coordinated by the demonic realm to oppress you, to abort your promise, to shipwreck or damage your faith, and to stall out your destiny. So it's a coordinated series of events, not just a random thing. And this is why we need to understand this, because we might think, well, I lost my job, and then I had marital issues, and then this child started rebelling. But it was a coordinated series of events, and there's an intention behind it. Everything God does, there's an intention behind it. And the things the enemy does, there's an intention behind it. Well, we're talking to Ryan Lestrange, and we're making available to you today Ryan's brand-new book and four-CD teaching series, Overcoming Spiritual Attack. Be sure to get this and learn how you can identify and break spiritual attacks. Ryan has just told us what a spiritual attack is, but I'm sure you've got lots more questions. How do I recognize it? How do I know the difference between a spiritual attack and just a bad day? And most importantly, how do I overcome a spiritual attack and live victorious? Ryan's going to answer all of those questions and a lot more in just a moment. There is a real unseen enemy, Satan, who wants to invade your mind, hold you back, bring confusion, despair, hopelessness, sickness, destroy your relationships, and block you from fulfilling your God-given destiny. The devil wants to rob you of all the blessings and favor that God wants you to receive. Sickness, poverty, depression, fear, anxiety, and so much more originate from the invisible world. Ryan Lestrange wants to give you the supernatural keys to walk every day in freedom and victory over the forces of darkness. Call now and get Ryan Lestrange's brand new book and his anointed four-part audio CD teaching set, Overcoming Spiritual Attack. Begin to walk in the blessings and favor of God. Exclusive for our It's Supernatural viewers. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9438. We live in a, in a realm of tension between two worlds, the invisible realm, the realm of angels, the realm of demons, and many people are under a cloud. They think they're having a bad day. They think they're just having a marriage issue. They think they're just having a family issue. 
But behind the scenes in the realm of the spirit, there is an adversary. And if we can open people's eyes to the actual attack of the adversary, we can equip them to break free. Through Ryan Lestrange's book and audio CD teaching series, you receive a strategic battle guide for spiritual warfare that will help you to never be caught off guard by the enemy again. You and your loved ones will receive practical God-given keys to seeing into the spiritual realm. Understand how to identify the very route that opened the door to the enemy's attacks. Discern between the voice of God that brings victory and Satan's voice that leads to destruction. Be empowered to exercise your authority as a believer and defeat the strategies of the enemy before he attacks. Learn to see in the spirit through inner visions, night visions, open visions, and in prophetic dreams. Understand the three common types of spiritual attacks and how to overcome them. Obtain victory over the spirits of sickness, fear, depression, despair, and poverty. Through Ryan's anointed audio CD series, you receive empowering teachings, including breaking spiritual attacks, identifying eight symptoms of spiritual attacks, receive an impartation of the breaker anointing. The audio series includes Ryan's powerful prayers of deliverance. Even more important than identifying the attack, you will learn step by step how you can get free from the attack. I mean, could you imagine living in the presence of God and every weapon the devil throws at you, you say, oh, I know what that is. I know how to get rid of that. Don't miss out on getting Ryan Lestrange's brand new book and his anointed four-part audio CD teaching set, Overcoming Spiritual Attack. Begin to walk in the blessings and favor of God. Exclusive for our It's Supernatural viewers. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9438. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please Specify offer number 9438 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Well, I'm back with Ryan Lestrange, and we're talking about overcoming spiritual attacks. Um, one thing that we just touched on before we left for break is recognizing a spiritual attack. How do people recognize a spiritual attack? Well, it's critical because here's the reality. You can't conquer what you don't recognize. So you have to know what you're dealing with what you're fighting. You, you know, people say to me these things. They say, well, wait a minute, Ryan. Jesus isn't focused on a spiritual attack. You know, the reality is he did not ignore spiritual attacks. When he got to the gatherings and the demoniac met him, he didn't ignore that man. He broke the power of the enemy off of him. And he told us that we are not to be ignorant of Satan's devices lest he get an advantage over us. So you recognize an attack by starting to recognize the, what an attack looks like. We just said in our last segment that an attack is a series of events coordinated by the demonic realm, and it comes to bring oppression to your life. It comes to break the promises of God. It comes to damage your faith and to stall out your destiny. Every attack is sent against destiny, and this is one thing about recognizing an attack. Say you're going through a financial attack, and, and here's how tricky the enemy is. You just think, well, wait a minute, I've been giving, I've been, you know, tithing, I've been helping people preach the gospel, and now my business is under attack. That attack is really very seldom ever about just the monetary attack. Yes, I know that, that that's painful and difficult, and, and I get that. But the attack is usually deeper than that. When you get under that and you're just feeling bogged down, it's like in, you're like you're in quicksand. The more you try to trudge your way through it, the more you're sinking down. And if you're in that long enough, 
Now you go from just being under financial attack to thinking, well, wait a minute. Maybe all this stuff I've been believing is not real. Maybe I'm not supposed to do this. And now you're questioning the very thing that was so clear to you before. And that is a real indicator of a spiritual attack because those events are actually coordinated to do that. They're actually coordinated to disconnect you from destiny. I heard a story when, uh, and growing up, I've heard this story, different uh, ministers and preachers preach on it about uh, David in the Bible and uh, in Ziklag. And I always thought, well, that's a funny name for a place. What, what is Ziklag? <laughs> and they would always talk about David Ziklag and your Ziklag. And, and any, uh, but I know that you teach on that a little bit. And the thing that really got me there is that was a surprise attack against David. And it took everything. The enemy took everything. It took his uh, resources. It took his family, his people turned against him. That was a bad day for David. That was a spiritual attack, was it not? Was Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, it was probably one of the master attacks in the Bible. And you said something there that I want to pick up on. It was a surprise attack. And I write about this in the book, and I really encourage people, if you get the book, to dive into that portion on Ziklag, because Ziklag was a place of, I studied out the words, and there were several words there in the Hebrew that represent Ziklag, but it essentially means this, a place of pressure and distress. Mm. So there are two types of attacks that can arise, and, and I write about others, but just this has popped in my mind as you were saying this. So uh, there are two different kinds of attacks that we deal with at times. One is an attack when we're outside the will of God. So people, oftentimes they see a believer going through something and say, well, you must have sin in your life. But David was in Ziklag, not in sin. Uh, Paul was preaching the gospel when they stoned him and drug him outside the city. So there are attacks that come when you're outside the will of God. But that is the attack itself to get you out of the will of God. And now that you're out of the will of God, the enemy's piling baggage on you. But there's another more heinous attack. And that is an attack in the midst of the will of God. And that's what Ziklag was. David couldn't point to anything and say, well, I didn't obey the Lord. That's why this happened. He was doing what God told him to do, and suddenly he comes back from battle, and all their family members are gone. Everything is burnt with fire. The enemy took their family, took their finances, took their homes, took their sense of comfort, took it all. And David is in this place of extreme pressure and distress. Now, a spiritual attack is multifaceted. It's never one-dimensional. And so here the attack is that family's gone, home's gone, resources gone. But on top of that, in the midst of this, David's men are stirred against him. And so this is the multi-pronged side of this attack. But David shows us how to get out of it. In Ziklag, in the middle of this, he begins to worship God. He, it gets him in the presence of God. And I say there's like five little things here in the Ziklag attack, and I write about it much more extensively in the book. Number one, he turns to God in praise and worship. The, the thing the devil wants to steal in, your, in time of spiritual attack is your worship. Because can you still say, God, you're good, when you don't feel the goodness? Can you still say, God, you're good, when you're not experiencing the goodness in that moment? So he prays and worships God in the midst of the attack. The Bible says praise steals the avenger. It stops his advance against your life. He entered into God's presence. Number two, there is nothing that can bring peace to you like the presence of God. And in the midst of an attack, you've got to have the presence of God. And that's the thing that's so hard because your mind is racing and all this is going on. Thirdly, he sought God's direction. Okay, God, I'm in your presence. I'm worshiping you, but what do I do about this? 
because there's always a clear word to get you out of the attack. Sometimes if you've opened the door for it, the Lord will tell you how to close the door. But sometimes if it's a surprise attack, a ziklag, where you're doing everything right and hell is unloading on you, you need an instruction. One instruction can turn the whole ship around. And that's critical in the midst of an attack. And usually we are having difficulty hearing. Fourthly, he received the word. He received the promise. He received the directive. You've got to receive the download in the middle of the attack. And then fifthly, when God spoke, David arose. And one interesting thing I want to say about this Ziklag. David said to his uh, the, the person helping him, go get me my ephod. Why is that critical? Because in an attack, the enemy's after your identity. See, when I'm under attack, I don't feel like I'm God's champion. I don't want to go out and preach in the crusade. I, was, I went through an attack. The enemy really came against my son. Uh, my wife and I have one son. And the enemy really came against my son, and it was the hardest thing in the world. I didn't want to preach anywhere, but yet in that, in my assignment, there was strength. I had to get my ephod and put it on and say, I'm going to keep doing what God's purposed me to do no matter what, because an attack tries to separate you from your identity. And David got the ephod. He wrapped it around him. In other words, he said, I know who I am. doesn't matter what I see all around me. I'm standing in who I am. Ryan, what does it do for us when we learn how to identify a spiritual attack? Well, you know what? I think that discernment brings empowerment. So when we begin to discern these attacks, we now can, can really rise up and begin to break them. You know, one of the things, one of the schemes in an attack is, and I wrote this in the book, is to naturalize it. In other words, you know, just that people are just navigating through natural life with no sense of spiritual significance. And the devil wants to naturalize it, that you're, you're just having a bad day. You know, Ryan, you're just, it's a bad day today for you. Well, heaven has no bad days. So think about that for a moment. There's no, and angels don't wake up depressed one day. God's not no. having a meeting in heaven saying, how are we going to get through this? So when there are those gloom, gloomy moments and seasons, a lot of times it's a, the enemy trying to create something, but we don't recognize. And then again, you know, I understand. I was in a meeting very late last night. I got very little sleep. I woke up. I was a little bit sleepy this morning. That doesn't necessarily mean an attack. I just didn't rest properly. But I have had times in my life when I was going through some heaviness, that I wasn't discerning it. And if we don't discern it, we're not empowered to overcome it. So when you really identify what's happening and recognize it, you're now empowered to overcome it. Wow, I like that. Uh, let me ask you this question. Uh, talking about identifying and discerning, can we learn to hear and see in the Spirit? Oh, yeah, I think this is one of the real things that concerns me presently is that we have so many fascinating prophetic ministers arising and and we're sometimes we're enamored with their gift we go oh man that guy he called out a lady's name oh did you see that other one with the word of knowledge he knew that she needed a hip replacement and i love that you know we, we we've got so many stories in our ministry of words of knowledge just last night i was in a meeting and the, the this i'm praying with this lady and the lord shows me she's a painter I don't know her. I never laid eyes on her before. I asked her, I said to her friend, because she was under the power, I said to the friend, do you know this lady? Yes, she's my friend. I said, is she some kind of artist? She's a painter. Okay, I just saw that. And so I begin to, to speak prophetically over her. But we watch people do that through their gifting, and we say, that's so powerful, but I can't do that. 
you know, I'm a housewife, I'm a business person, I'm an attorney, I'm a, uh, a struggling actor, I can't do that. Listen, I say it this way, we are all hardwired to hear from heaven. <laughs> we are created <laughs> to hear from God. And so we can hear in the Spirit. The, uh, Elijah talked about the still, small voice. We are spirit ears are receiving small instructions that will unlock massive breakthroughs. And in my book, I talk about this, that a key to coming out of the attack is to learn to tune in your spirit ears. I'm passionate about this. Hearing from heaven and being led by the Holy Spirit is not just for the guy in a crowd of 5,000 on a platform. It's for every single child of the Most High God. When we hear and heed the voice of the Lord, we secure triumph over the enemy. But we need to learn to tune in. I teach people, when I teach on the prophetic, half of the de developing a prophetic spirit is tuning in. So this means when I pray, then I stop and I listen. So many people, when they pray, they've got the worship music on loud. They've got their, they're being loud. Everything's loud. I'm loud by nature, as you can tell if you're <laughs> listening to this. But um, I have to quiet down, and I have to listen, and that's critical. And then we can see in the Spirit. There are lots of different ways we can see. I, I, I mentioned in teaching on a spiritual attack about the realm, the realm of visions. You know, God speaks to people in the sight realm, in the visionary realm. Old Testament prophets were called seers. When the Bible says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God in Romans, they're the sons of God, he's talking about hearing and seeing. So we can have night visions. That's when we're between asleep and awake, and God communicates something to us. We can have an open vision when we're standing in a room, but all of a sudden we're not in that room. Our eyes are open, but we're seen in another dimension. Hey, Ryan, can... uh, I, I'm thinking right now as you're just saying that, uh, when you're talking about seeing in the Spirit, you actually, a number of years ago, you were preaching in Europe, and God showed you something. You actually saw something on somebody mm -hmm. that was standing in the prayer line. Yeah, I did. This this man had come up. I was having a a meeting in Europe, and it, it was really growing, and there was a lot of people there. And so I would pray for a lot of the people, especially the last night, and it would get a bit chaotic when you have a large group of people coming for prayer. So this man comes down for prayer, and I'm walking in front of him, and the Lord shows me darkness all around him. And I say, you're in great darkness, but I break that darkness. He lunges forward and grabs me at the waist. Now, we had great ushers and everything in the meeting, but because there was so much happening that night, they didn't see it. And he starts squeezing me. And the tighter he squeezes, the stronger I'm seeing the darkness on him. And I just start breaking it and breaking it and breaking it with authority. See, to break an attack, you've got to use authority. And so I'm saying, I break your power off of him, devil in Jesus' name. Take your hands off of him. And he's squeezing, almost trying to hurt me. But here's the thing. When he touched me, he formed a point of contact, and he didn't even realize it. And so all of a sudden, he shrieks and hits the ground and starts weeping, and the interpreter starts crying, and she stops interpreting. What I found out later, he was the debt collector for the mafia. And that night, he had heard a voice. He was sitting in his seat, and this voice of the enemy said, go hurt that man. When he stood in front of me, I saw it and discerned it and said, you're in darkness. I, and I started binding it. And he said, all I could do when you began to bind it was wrap my hands around your waist. And I believe that wrapping his hands around the waist, though the intent of the enemy was to bring destruction, it became a conduit for his deliverance. He went back to the mafia, by the way, and said, I'm leaving. They said, there's no way you can come out but by death. And he said, you can kill me, but first I want you to watch this DVD. This man had hurt people. I mean, had done many things. And 
they watched him weep, and they said, we know something's happened in your life. We release you. He went through Bible college and everything. Amazing testimony. Wow, that is an amazing testimony. I want to make sure that we talk about a couple of the symptoms of attack. I remember when I first saw your book, Overcoming Spiritual Attack, Ryan, um, I, I looked at that first word, overcoming, and that's what got me because I know the people listening and I myself, I want to be an overcomer. So I want to make sure we talk about a couple of these uh, symptoms of a spiritual attack because if we can identify the symptom, I thought about that like when you go to the doctor. If you have a symptom of something, if you can identify that symptom, what is it, then you can heal it. You can get delivered from it. You can get set free from it. So I got so excited about your book, but I want to make sure we talk about a couple of these symptoms. Uh, first of all, maybe let's talk about extreme frustration. Absolutely. This is, uh, and I want to interject this. We, we talk in the book about eight symptoms, and if you can identify these symptoms, it's going to open your eyes because my picture of a spiritual attack is it's like you're under a cloud and you can't seem to get out from under it because you don't even know what's going on. So that's why we go into these eight symptoms. But yes, extreme frustration and anxiety. You know, this is the thing. When you're in, in the midst of a real brutal spiritual attack, you're going through the battle. The enemies release this coordinated series of events. You end up battling frustration and anxiety that's not typically common in your normal life. So, you know, as I said earlier, we all have challenges. I mean, in ministry, we have challenges. In business, we have challenges. Being a parent, you have challenges. It's just a part of life, okay, and in human beings and struggles. But in a spiritual attack, it's another dimension of that. And when you're in that other dimension, the frustration level is great. You know, I talk to pastors that say, I don't even want to go to church. And I look at them, and I know they're in a spiritual attack, but they don't see it. They just think they're frustrated because some people have quit their church. I talk to business people that say, I started this business, and it was so wonderful, but now I want to bang my head against the wall. And I see the manifestation of that spiritual attack. And so frustration, what is frustration? Well, it's really defined as a feeling of anger or annoyance by being unable to do something. See, a spiritual attack brings paralysis. You feel like you're unable to do something, and that's one of the deceptions in it. You are an overcomer. That's why I called the book Overcoming. Overcoming is a part of our birthright. As I said earlier, heaven's not depressed. Heaven's not discouraged. But when you have this unresolved conflict going on, emotional frustration is the result. And the danger really becomes this. When you get under a prolonged season of an attack and you don't realize it and start getting the instructions to get out of it, you begin to manifest behavior you would normally manifest. You, you, know, you might yell at somebody. You might uh, do something, you know, make a very bad decision. And that's the damage that becomes lasting damage even after the attack. That's why it's important you recognize it because frustrated people do things they would not normally do. What about confusion? Confusion about your purpose. Yeah, I think this is just one of the real cornerstone symptoms of a spiritual attack. Because in an attack, you become confused about purpose. And I write extensively in this book, Overcoming a Spiritual Attack, that we're all born with purpose. I think this is one of the greatest revelations that we can ever have. And, and our purpose looks so different. You know, I remember a number of years ago, I was pressing deeply for the healing ministry. And God took me to a, a personal meeting with Oral Robertson, and he had been a real hero of mine, uh, and I'd listened to him preach, but never really been one-on-one -on -one with him. And I had struggled in my life with the way I prayed. I seemed to pray in little 
bits and chunks here and there and had trouble just sitting still for an hour or two hours, you know, although I've done it. I mean, I've had times, seasons I prayed hours at a time, but I struggled with that. I was more of a, you know, praying in little increments. And in Oral Roberts said that he developed the healing well in his life by praying all throughout the day in little increments. And it just completely set me free. And the thing that I realized is this, we all have a unique purpose and even our personality was created for our purpose. And we talk about the anointing. Do you know the anointing is connected to your purpose? You are anointed to do what you were created to do. And when you tap purpose, you unlock anointing. So an attack comes to rob your sense of purpose and you become confused. You no longer have that clarity. The way I would describe it is you're watching something on a TV screen. It's so clear. It's HD. And now it gets grainy and fuzzy. And you're looking at the same picture, but it doesn't have the same clarity. And that's one of the symptoms of a spiritual attack. You know, a sentence you just talked about the anointing and a sentence that I read that just really excites me is you said the anointing not only empowers purpose, but it also reveals it. Wow. I was so excited about that. And then you told me a story uh, about the anointing that was you were talking about the anointing. Tell me about the story where the the gentleman came up after a meeting and uh, and he had there was something wrong with his hip. Yeah, this is a great life lesson for me and, and for the listeners as well. I was ministering in a, in a real powerful conference in Florida, and it was just one of those nights that the power of God was just resident in the place, and I won't go into the details about everything that happened, but great, great miracles, signs and wonders breaking out. And I get finished ministering that night, and you know, if you've ever preached, you, you probably have recognized this feeling, that, that there's a, something on you in the midst of that. And I, I sit down in the chair, and as I sat down, it felt like you just removed a cloth off of me, a supernatural mantle off of me. Now, I understand the anointing that abides in us, but I felt like the anointing to minister that night, that miracle realm, it was gone. And this man has a crushed hip, and he's on the worship team. When I say crushed, I mean he walks with a severe, noticeable limp. You don't have to have any insight to see it. But he's been playing music during the move of God. And he comes limping over to me. I'm sitting in the back of the room on a chair. And he's limping over to me, and he says, I want prayer. I want to be healed. And I'm sitting there, and here's what I'm thinking. Oh, man, why didn't you come 10 minutes ago when the glory was here so strong? The anointing has lifted off of me. I don't sense any anointing. I don't feel anything. And I'm, I'm talking to the Lord inwardly, and God asked me this question. He said, and he says to me, he said, yeah, Ryan, the, the anointing to, to minister in this meeting is lifted off you, but are you still a believer? I said, well, yes, Lord, you know I am. And he said, then minister out of the believer's anointing and get him healed. And I recognized that Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And these signs will follow them to believe. It's not to preachers. It's to believers. And there's a resident anointing. First John talks about the anointing abides in us. We're anointed when we get up in the morning. Now, there are anointings. There's God's super on our natural for seasons and assignments, and those may shift and change. But we all have a believer's anointing. And so I said, yes, Lord, I'll do it. And do you know what the Lord said to me? Now, uh, you and I talked about this. We give a disclaimer to our listeners. Don't do this at home unless the Holy Ghost That's right. <laughs> tells you. I've very seldom ever done this. But the Lord said to me, get up and hit this man in the hip that was crushed. 
And I'm saying, oh, Lord. But there was such a word of knowledge in that. But the word of knowledge was not in my gifting as a minister. The word of knowledge was as a believer. When I accepted that believer's anointing, not feeling anything, no great feeling, no great... Ten minutes before that, I felt like I was in the glory cloud. Now I feel like I'm down on earth, but I have a believer's anointing. So I do what God says. And I'm telling you, that man got out of the floor and began walking and then running. Totally normal. The people knew him. They knew he had, his hip had been crushed. He'd had surgery. Nothing could fix it. Everybody knew this. Revival broke out after that meeting ended in that afterglow session because of the miracle. But it came from the believer's anointing. What does this mean for the listeners? If you're a believer, there's a tangible realm of heaven inside of you waiting to break out every single day. Wow. I certainly want that. And I'm sure everybody else does, too. Uh, well, as you can see, Ryan Lestrange is providing much-needed answers to people who are facing struggles in their life. If that's you out there, you that are listening right now, or maybe someone that you know or someone that you love, I want you to be sure and, and order Ryan's brand-new book and four-CD teaching series, Overcoming Spiritual Attack. Now, Ryan says that one of the first steps to overcoming these spiritual attacks is exposing them. He's going to show us exactly how to do that when we come back, so stay with us. There is a real unseen enemy, Satan, who wants to invade your mind, hold you back, bring confusion, despair, hopelessness, sickness, destroy your relationships, and block you from fulfilling your God-given destiny. The devil wants to rob you of all the blessings and favor that God wants you to receive. Sickness, poverty, depression, fear, anxiety, and so much more originate from the invisible world. Ryan Lestrange wants to give you the supernatural keys to walk every day in freedom and victory over the forces of darkness. Call now and get Ryan Lestrange's brand new book and his anointed four-part audio CD teaching set, Overcoming Spiritual Attack. Begin to walk in the blessings and favor of God. Exclusive for our It's Supernatural viewers. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9438. We live in a, in a realm of tension between two worlds, the invisible realm, the realm of angels, the realm of demons, and many people are under a cloud. They think they're having a bad day. They think they're just having a marriage issue. They think they're just having a family issue. But behind the scenes in the realm of the spirit, there is an adversary. And if we can open people's eyes to the actual attack of the adversary, we can equip them to break free. Through Ryan Lestrange's book and audio CD teaching series, you receive a strategic battle guide for spiritual warfare that will help you to never be caught off guard by the enemy again. You and your loved ones will receive practical God-given keys to seeing into the spiritual realm. Understand how to identify the very route that opened the door to the enemy's attack. Discern between the voice of God that brings victory and Satan's voice that leads to destruction. Be empowered to exercise your authority as a believer and defeat the strategies of the enemy before he attacks. Learn to see in the spirit through inner visions, night visions, open visions, and in prophetic dreams. Understand the three common types of spiritual attacks and how to overcome them. Obtain victory over the spirits of sickness, fear, depression, despair, and poverty. Through Ryan's anointed audio CD series, you receive empowerment empowering teachings including breaking spiritual attacks, identifying eight symptoms of spiritual attacks, receive an impartation of the breaker anointing. The audio series includes Ryan's powerful prayers of deliverance. Even more important than identifying the attack, you will learn step by step how you can get free from the attack. I mean, could you imagine living 
in the presence of God and every weapon the devil throws at you, you say, oh, I know what that is. I know how to get rid of that. Don't miss out on getting Ryan Lestrange's brand new book and his anointed four-part audio CD teaching set, Overcoming Spiritual Attack. Begin to walk in the blessings and favor of God. Exclusive for our rich Supernatural viewers. Yours for a donation of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9438. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify specify offer number 9438 or log on to sidroth.org. Call or write today. Well, I'm back with Ryan Lestrange, and uh, we've been talking about overcoming spiritual attacks. Uh, when we left to go to break, I said that, that Ryan says that the first step to overcoming a spiritual attack is exposing them. Ryan, how, how do we expose the enemy, and what does that do for us when we can do that? It's a great question, and it is the first step, because as we said earlier, and as we say over, I say over and over again in the book, is that recognition is the first step to conquering. So it's the, you can't overcome what you have not properly identified. So we, how do we expose an attack? Well, we learn what an attack looks like, and we lay that out in eight simple symptoms in the book. Um, but also, we learn to be led by the Holy Spirit. We learn to listen with our spirit ears and see with our spirit eyes. You know, demons live in darkness. God lives in light. And you can never get healed of something or delivered of something that you don't recognize what's going on. So we learn that process of being led by the Holy Spirit and living in the light of God, tuning into that still, small voice, uh, having our spirit eyes opened. And, you know, I say this. God is always speaking, but he speaks in a multiplicity of ways. So if I feel like I can't hear from God about this decision I need to make, sometimes I might have a dream and I don't recognize the God speaking. You might call me and say, hey, Ryan, you were on my heart the other day, and you may say something so simple, but in that simplicity, there's an instruction. So it's learning to tune in, uh, but tuning in will expose it. And then learning what an attack looks like, which, again, we talk about in the book and we've been talking about on this, uh, th this interview as well. It sounds like to me when we can identify and expose the enemy that anything can happen. I know you told me about a, a woman that was in some meetings that you were doing recently, and um, she was diagnosed with HIV. Now, I have never heard of anyone being healed with HIV. Wow. Well, you know, I believe that we are in a new era. Uh, this is not as much to do, although this was HIV is a, a real attack, but uh, I believe prophetically we are in a new era, and I believe the, the, the glory level is rising uh, in this hour. And one of the things that we're going to see is we're going to see phenomenal miracles. We are seeing it, uh, not just me, but many people around the world. Um, and this was one of them. We were uh, in Arkansas, a friend uh, of mine uh, and I were tag team preaching, basically. And we were there at, at this revival center that's just really birthed a culture of revival. And one night there was such tremendous glory that came. Uh, we were in what we were calling the Blue Flame Revival. This place had had a prophetic word five years before that they were to contend for the Blue Flame. And I'm on the plane touching down in Arkansas, and the Lord says, declare the Blue Flame. I said, I don't know what this means. So I'm studying chemistry on the plane. You know, What does this mean? And then I'm studying what this, the, the color blue represents in Scripture, and there's a whole lot of things there. But I land and declare this. I didn't know it had been declared five years earlier. So revival's breaking out in this place. And this girl, this young lady that has HIV, she had had a very, very uh, 
demonized life and contracted HIV through that. She's in the glory of God and gets healed, goes back to the doctor, and the doctor says, we can't find a trace of it. And she's on the ministry team now at that revival center. So just tremendous uh, miracles in the glory and spiritual attacks broken in the glory. One of the primary places that, that we can experience an attack of any kind, especially a spiritual attack, is in our thought life. What do you say about that, Ryan? Well, your mind is the creative engine of your life. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I believe that when demon powers, strongholds, are set up in regions, they dominate the thinking of the region. So we have generational bondages that people live under. Those are actually the results of, of ongoing spiritual attacks that have turned into strongholds. And so really in a spiritual attack, the primary place of attack is the thought life. And, and that's what we have to understand is the enemy plants false seeds. He plants false pictures, false stories, false, uh, uh, false thoughts there. And, and in our mind, we start imagining future uh, victories. We create life-changing ideas. We also can remember this thing of the past. So this is why to come out of an attack, we have to do what Romans 12 says, to renew the mind. Uh, that's one of the parts of, of coming into freedom in an attack, because sometimes what happens is you get free under an anointing. You get free under your own authority. You know, you can break an attack off yourself by telling it you've got to go and rising in authority. But you get free from that. But here's what happens. The memories and the things that are stored up in your mind try to resurface. And you've got to go through a methodical process of getting in the Bible because it's spirit and life and renewing your mind, learning to think the way God wants you to think. His medicine, his word rather, is medicine to your mind, and spiritual attacks contaminate the thinking. I had a real severe uh, rejection thing uh, that went with some family dynamics in my life. And when I recognized it and started getting free, and even with the spirit of fear I battled, you know, fear thoughts would try to rise up sometimes. And I had to get in the Word and find scriptures that prophesied my victory and stand on those and speak them and meditate on them till they became a part of me. So I think the power of your thoughts, your brain, your mind, your imagination is the creative engine of your life. If you can see it, you can be it. And the devil creates false imaginations. He paints pictures of defeat. He paints pictures of your impending doom. And God wants to really get your mind partnering with your spirit and having God imaginations going on. Uh, so uh, you know what? I want to just pray for people in the realm of their mind right now. Is that okay? Absolutely. I, I really feel this. So, Father, I thank you right now. I, I believe there are people battling depression in the mind. And I just pray for you right now. I break that fog of depression off of you in the name of Jesus. I break that lie of depression off of you. And I see a spirit of accusation that keeps reminding people of past mistakes and past failures, that keeps accusing you, and that's empowering this depression. And I take the sword of the Lord and the blood of Jesus, and I cut that accusation off of you. I say that you are not who the enemy says you are, and I say that you are who God says you are in the name of Jesus. I break cycles. I am hearing in my spirit cycles. It's like somebody listening to this, you keep having the same cycle, and you do better, and then the cycle starts again. And I feel like the Lord is saying the battle is in your mind. You've got to learn to meditate on the promise of God so when you feel the emotions of that cycle, you 
rise in authority against it. But I pray for you right now, and I break that cycle, and I break the despair. The Lord says to me, there's been great despair in your mind that you just feel like you're never going to come out of this. I break that in the name of Jesus. I break right now the long-standing bondage of lust and perversion. Somebody just keeps struggling with that in your mind over and over, and you feel so hopeless. I want you to know God loves you. I want you to know in the midst of your battle, in the midst of your struggle, God sees the destiny and the potential on your life, and I just speak healing over your mind. Father, I ask you for all the listeners right now, just break off that heaviness in their minds. Break off the anxiety. Break off the confusion. I come against confusion off the mind right now. I say that mind traffic stops. I see somebody with tremendous amounts of mind traffic. I say it stops now in the name of Jesus, and I speak clarity, clarity of thought, clarity of imagination. And I come against sleeplessness and anxiety that you will not continue to contend with this. Uh, you said in your word, Lord, you give your beloved sweet sleep. I speak the rest of the Lord over people. We just release healing over minds right now and peace, shalom of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Ryan. Well, I just want everybody to know that after reading your new book, Overcoming Spiritual Attack, they will never be caught off guard by the enemy again. In the book, I, I read that, that you are equipping all of us to expose the enemy and to be overcomers that God has called us to be. Well, you've been listening to Messianic Vision, and now here's Sid to tell you how you can get Ryan Lestrange's brand new book and teaching series, Overcoming Spiritual Attack. Thanks for joining us. Don't miss your opportunity to get Ryan Lestrange's brand new book and four CD teaching series, Overcoming Spiritual Attack. This resource is a strategic battle guide for every believer. Order now for an investment of 40 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org, S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9438. Once again, that's offer number 9438. Order today and never be caught off guard by the enemy again.